0: everybody my name is Emily host of the fuel your freedom podcast in the health and fitness space there can be so many rules recommendations and oftentimes restrictions on this show we talk all things freedom whether you've been training for years or are looking to take the first steps in your health and fitness journey this show will fuel your body mind and soul to break free from what you've heard in the past and find your version of health and fitness the one that works for you now let's fuel our freedom. Welcome back, everybody, to the Fuel Your Freedom podcast. As always, my name is Emily, and I am your host for this week's episode number 31. So this week, we have a bit of a th- throwback if you will. Um, I posted this on my blog in April of 2020 uh, for the first time and I really wanted to revisit this blog specifically because I don't think I've talked about this on the podcast before. Actually I know I haven't. Um, So we're going to revisit that time and talk about eight things we need to stop doing to lose weight. So we know a lot of the things that we do need to do to lose weight, training hard, eating in a calorie deficit, drinking enough water, right? All this information is there and we know it even if it's difficult to follow, right? So we try when we try to go into lose weight to add all of these things to our plate, right? We need to make sure we're adding this and doing that. And we don't often think about some things that we can take off of our plates uh, to actually make our journey a little bit easier. So These eight things should help you to start losing weight if you haven't, or continue uh, to take it to that next level if you're willing to give them up. So number one, we have, we need to stop sweating the small stuff. Now, this one is all-encompassing. We need to stop worrying about the micro and ignoring the macro, right? Sometimes it feels good to dive into those upper level hard things such as meal timing, the best foods to eat, sweet potatoes versus regular potatoes. I could honestly go on and on. And when we're looking at it in the context of weight loss, fat loss specifically, they don't really matter that much, right? Now, we can argue in the context if we're looking at overall health or if we're looking to improve other health metrics, then a timing of a meal, right? again, could aid in fat loss or, you know, for example, there's been studies on fasting in terms of overall longevity. But when we're turning to fat loss specifically, some of these higher level strategies don't actually matter and they actually take us further away from our goal than they do bringing it towards our goal. So for example, sure, there's a benefit to carbohydrate pre and post training, but if training fasted in the morning is the only way that you're going to be able to train, I would say let's train, right? These little details are just getting in the way. And like I said, it's exciting to tell your friends you're trying a new diet or testing extravagant recipes And even if you're being restrictive, when you share this news with other people, you likely get compliments and questions, right? And that does feel good. But at the same time, worrying about this micro, we kind of forget about those macro, right? Maybe we're missing the calorie deficit part. Maybe our water intake isn't great. Our sleeping well perhaps isn't there. We need to decrease stress, right? It's truly that simple. But unfortunately, these variables just aren't easy. And on that note, here's our second one. We need to stop stressing. Of course, there will be always stress in life. It's honestly inevitable. But monitoring our stress is critical because when our bodies are stressed, the last thing they want to do is lose weight, right? In ancestral times, there's a famine. Our bodies don't know when we're getting food or be able to kill an animal for food, right? The body would hold on to weight, specifically fat stores, as a survival mechanism. Now in today's world, there's food on every corner, but stress is still stress, and one of the body's go-to responses is to hold on to body fat during stressful times. And like I said, unfortunately, some stress is unavoidable, but some stress we can control. The most obvious and ironic example, stressing about losing weight. Yes. So picture this. You're so worried what the scale is going to say that it's actually stopping you from losing weight altogether, right? Think about it. When we go on vacation, we eat all the foods we don't normally have. Perhaps we indulge a little bit extra. We still move, but maybe we don't train. And you come back weighing the same and possibly even less. How is that even possible? You think to yourself, right? You ate all these quote-unquote, bad foods, didn't train, and I still lost weight. Sure, you were likely in a calorie deficit because you were eating less, even if it wasn't the typical foods, but your stress level was likely way down. And it's the same reason people find they lose weight when they just stop trying to lose weight, right? Often if we just stop trying, we listen to our bodies and what it's telling us, sometimes we don't even think about it. But... Exercise sorry, I think there's a there's a siren, so brief interruption. Sorry if you can hear that. Um But as always, one take shot, so we're back into it. Um like I said was saying, stress is deterring us from losing weight, or can be really. And when we think of it in the context of exercise, exercise is stress on the body as well, right? It's not just about you know, exercising for the sake of health in the gym, that's a stressor to our body. So allowing the body to recovering from those training sessions uh, and reducing some of that inflammation, which could lead to false numbers going up on the scale. Now, obviously, you're not going to gain fat uh, likely from that training session, but you might see the scale increase post-training session simply due to inflammation. And that brings me right into the next one. Stop obsessing over the scale right? This goes right along hand in hand with stress. We need to let go of our attachment to the number on the scale. Here I have a scenario for you. You wake up tomorrow, roll out of bed, use the bathroom, step on the scale. Whoa! Overnight you dropped all 20 pounds and you've hit your goal weight. Absolutely shocked, you step off and rush to the full length mirror. Flipping on the light, you step in front and you see that you look the exact same as when you went to bed. You rush back to the scale, making sure you're not seeing things. Nope, you're still that goal weight. Back to the mirror, and you look the same as yesterday. Now, let me pose a question. How are you feeling about this? Are you happy, upset? Do you feel accomplished, shocked? Are you overjoyed with your progress or wishing you picked a lower weight to shoot for? Herein lies the problem with the goal weight. The number on a traditional scale means literally nothing. Right, it's simply a relationship with gravity. The scale doesn't tell us what's going on behind the scenes. How is your overall health? What is your body fat percentage? There have been times that people have guessed my weight to be probably one forty 140 to one, you know, forty five pounds. And typically, right now I'm sitting just around one sixty five. And I, again, I've been through periods of time when I felt so good about my workouts. In how I was looking, but I stepped on the scale and I felt 8 to 10 pounds heavier than expected. I, For this reason, I don't often weigh myself, or if I do weigh myself, I try not to let it affect me as much. I focus on other numbers such as how clothes are fitting, how my workouts are feeling, what my body fat percentage is, etc. We can't let that number on the scale ruin our day. Instead of measuring by progress only by that number, measure it By other metrics, body fat percentage, circumference, how our clothes are fitting, weight lifted in the gym, how we're feeling, energy levels, sleep quality. I could go on and on, but there's so much more to fitness and life than a number on the bathroom scale. This brings me to our next one. Stop drinking caffeine all day long. The morning cup of coffee, the latte for mocha and the drive through on the way to the office, the late morning refill in the break room, the afternoon energy drink and maybe a diet soda toward the end of the workday. It's not hard for all that caffeine to add up, and before we know it, we're well over four to five hundred milligrams a day. It's it's just too much. Coffee is delicious, but watch your caffeine intake. While caffeine can have an effect on thermogenesis, or the body's mechanism of producing heat and energy from the calories of food, it's not shown to have a significant effect on weight loss itself. However, there is some evidence to support a negative correlation between excessive caffeine intake and weight loss. Caffeine raises that stress hormone cortisol. Remember that whole stressing about the food shortage, life or death situation? Same here with that increased cortisol. You can check out the article linked in the blog post for this episode if you want to learn more. Caffeine is also an appetite suppressant, meaning you don't feel hungry. However, once the caffeine wears off, you may experience hypoglycemia or low blood sugar. This, in turn, may result in overeating or reaching for higher calorie foods to satisfy a craving. But ultimately, I think one of the biggest downsides to this caffeine is that it disrupts our sleep even if we think, quote unquote, it doesn't affect us. Lack of quality sleep can lead us down a whole other path, away from the weight loss goal that we're pursuing. Instead of sipping on coffee after coffee, after energy drink, after soda, work to cut down your caffeine intake. You may not be able to do it overnight, but should work toward it if you're pursuing a fat loss goal. Drink more water, perhaps even a carbonated water, or something without caffeine if you want something other than water to sip on. That brings us to sleep. We have to stop not prioritizing sleep. Waking up after only four hours of sleep to crush yourself during an early morning workout is likely doing more harm than good. Seriously, for me, if I don't get me six and a half, seven hours of sleep, I often won't even train. Even if I have a workout planned, I'll try to do it to another day, if at all possible. Right now, I know I'm very fortunate with my current schedule, but if you can move it, adjust your sleep, etc., that likely will be better. If in the long term, I were to continue to push through, I know the quality of my training would suffer and would further set myself back on recovery. That's not really what I want long term. Regardless of your goal, if you're not prioritizing sleep, you're setting yourself back from the progress you could be making. We not only need to ensure we're getting enough sleep, but that quality sleep as well. It's that ultimate recharge. It's that reset button we press in order to achieve the recovery from whatever we did the day before, right? We aren't necessarily getting better from the training itself. We're getting better from the recovering from the training. Right, so we have to stop not prioritizing sleep. Please. I like if you take one from this episode, this might be the top one. Pivoting just a bit, our next one is stop filling your foods with filling your day, excuse me, with low calorie franken foods. What do you think of this bread that's forty-five calories a slice? Fat-free cheese is my new go-to the new sugar-free creamers in your coffee? One of the first steps we might be tempted to take when we want to lose weight is to slop it, swap in all the low-calorie, sugar-free, fat-free swaps of all of our favorite foods. It cuts calories, and ultimately, we all know how important a calorie deficit is for weight loss. I would say it's probably the most important part of it. But these low-calorie swaps aren't necessarily looking out for our overall health. Right? For bread to be 45 calories a slice, it's often filled with fillers, preservatives, and any number of ingredients. If you were to make bread at home, really it's just warm water, yeast, sugar, honey, and flour. But when things are processed for that extended shelf life and to reduce calories, we get all kinds of crazy ingredients. So while it's tempting to add in these things, and many of them aren't necessarily bad in moderation we should look to consume some, most, of our calories from those whole nutrient-dense foods. Now, of course, using things like zero-calorie sauces and dressings can be a good swap in. We just want to make sure that we still have those whole nutrient-dense foods in there as well. It's not becoming a whole palette of low-calorie this, zero-fat that, and filling our diet with filler foods instead of good-quality fruits, vegetables, vegetables, complex carbohydrate sources and protein sources as well. Brings us to our next one, we have to stop using supplements to try and solve the problem. As humans, we want things and we want them right now. We live in a world of instant gratification where we can have nearly anything we want delivered to us in hours via Postmates, Uber Eats, Amazon, etc. However, fat loss is not and will never be be one of these things but that doesn't stop us from trying. Now, the supplement industry is huge, right? And if you were to ask me a month ago, I would be quite skeptical. We've since found a supplement company that we're partnering with at Unity that produces high, high high-quality supplements. Um, And honestly, my, my view has been changed a little bit, I will admit. But I will say that Regardless of the supplement and the quality of the supplement that you're taking, we still have to work. We still have to train hard. We still have to be in a calorie deficit. We still have to sleep well, prioritize the sleep, all the things that I've mentioned up to this point. That supplement is simply the cherry on top right? It's not the thing that will offset if we're not doing any of the other things. If I am not in a calorie deficit, but I'm trying to take a fat burner to lose weight, I'm highly unlikely to lose weight because I'm not in a calorie deficit. But at the same time, perhaps a fat burner, again, if you were to ask me about a month ago, I might not say the same thing. But as of now, the one that we've been testing at Unity, I would say in a calorie deficit, yeah, it works. Like it, it does actually work, right? So when you're looking at supplements, always look at them to fill the gaps to take you to that next level, not to solely take the place of some of these other habits and behaviors that might help just a, so much more than a supplement, right? So Yes, there are some that we recommend and you should be taking right multivitamin, fish oil, vitamin D, creatine, protein powder. Those are kind of like our base, if you will. I did a whole podcast on supplements you might actually need. Uh, I don't remember the number off the top of my head, but if you scroll back, it's definitely there if you haven't checked it out already. But like I said, those are going to take you to the next level. They're not necessarily going to take you there altogether if your habits and behaviors aren't in place already. Finally, we have our last one, and that is stop comparing your progress to others. This is probably my favorite one on the list and likely the best way to wrap up this episode. So we need to stop it. Do not compare yourself to other people. Two people, even of similar body stature, body composition, age, sex, etc., could eat the same thing for a week and get entirely different results. We can't measure our progress based on the progress of others around us, and it's unrealistic to expect our changes to be the same as other people on social media, friends, or family. What works for one person might not work for another. Our underlying health plays an important issue, or excuse me, not issue, an important role in our ability to lose weight. This includes many of the things I've touched on so far, such as stress, sleep, daily activity, type of training, etc. But when we compare ourselves to others, it's ultimately setting us back. We start to stress, which we already talked about we shouldn't do, and worry about why it's not working, when it may just be working at a slower pace. We're more inclined to switch up our diet to the latest fad because our friends saw results faster, when ultimately we need to find what works for us instead of what works for other people. And that's where we find that true success, in our fitness journey and honestly beyond. So that brings us to our empowered action for this week. Of these eight things you need to stop doing to lose weight, if you are on a fat loss journey, are you currently doing any of them? Are there any habits that you need to change, adjust, or modify, take off your plate, so that you can continue that weight loss journey? Are you already not doing some of these things? You're already eliminated them off your plate altogether? Keep doing that, right? Take note. Make those changes and readjust and steer the course of your journey back towards where you want to be and onto your fat loss goal. So that is all I have for you guys this week. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Feel Your Freedom podcast. As always, if you enjoyed this episode and you know someone who might benefit from it, it would be greatly appreciated if you shared that uh, with them. And if you're listening on Apple podcasts, you can go ahead and leave a rating and review. It also helps the show to grow and reach more people as well. So without further ado, I will chat with you guys next week. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Fuel Your Freedom. Remember, this show is all about action. Now it's time to take what you've learned and implement it into your health and fitness journey or even just your life. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and review on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want more, don't forget to follow me on all my social media platforms at Coach Emily Meyer and the podcast on Instagram at Fuel Your Freedom Podcast. Thanks for listening, and I'll chat with you next time.